You're watching Get the Skinny with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.D. Church. Okay, so this is Get the Skinny episode four. This is like our seventh take, but it works. <laughs> we are really streaming. We are really broadcasting. I am Brian Kilby, and this is J.D. Church. Hey, J.D. Hi. You're awesome. I try. <laughs> yes. So uh, we've uh, been fighting some technical difficulties here. Um, it's, it's what we do. It's our job. And uh, so this this is the show where we where, where we share our, our weight loss journey with you and approach the news and things from a skeptical perspective. We're two fat guys who are not doctors, who are not giving no. you medical advice. No, we always are, consult your physician. Yes, always consult your physician. We cannot stress that more. But uh, we look at the news uh, and we try to tell you. We try to we try to uh, filter out the, the junk, the stuff that you don't need. We try to help you sort of look at things critically and. Um, we share our weight loss. I mean, we're fat. We want to lose weight. We both we both uh, had you know struggles with this. We both lost weight. I mean, I, I lost weight. I, I was pretty healthy. I had that you know the eye of the tiger, you know, just like Rocky had. But I lost it, and I'm trying to get it back. So uh, you went with eye of the tiger. Yes, I could have okay. went with one of the Vince Nicola songs, or I could have went with the um, his brother, uh, whatever his name was, Frank Stallone, whoever did. <laughs> I, I don't know whoever did the music. I thought you meant Vince Nicola's brother. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, Vince Nicola's brother. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So uh, this we we approach things uh, skeptically and, and such. So JD, how's it going this week? Uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's going. It's uh, it's going pretty good actually. Um, I I had a moment of uh, sort of panic this morning. No light panic. Um, I I made it a habit to weigh in every Sunday morning uh, because that's the day that we do the show. And um, I try to do that before I eat breakfast. So, you know, and after other things have been evacuated. Um, <laughs> hey, it's for, true. I mean, you know, we're honest here. I mean, that's, you know, that's the way For maximum, it. you know. Fiber is uh, your friend. Right. So, um, anyway. So I, so, I get on the scale this morning. And I weighed in last week, even though we didn't do a show, and I came in at 5.07, which was awesome. That meant I had lost a few pounds uh, from the previous week. And I was like, okay, that seems like a lot, but that's cool, you know. Uh, so I go to weigh in today, and the scale comes up and says 500. Wow. Which would have meant that I would have lost 7 pounds over the last week. And, again, here's the key to, like, the critical thinking in terms of, uh, you know, weight loss and progress is that you have to sort of be able to think rationally and say, did I really lose seven pounds or is my scale wonky? So I, I stepped off. It's a digital scale. I mean, it, the, the top end on the scale is 550. And I know I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm in still that 500 range. So I know I'm at the top end of the scale, which means it's not likely to be as accurate that yeah, far up. That's true. So, um, so I step off the scale and I reset it. It's really cool. It's it's uh, it talks to me. It tells me, so I don't have to like lean over and try to tell. You and can't, then you can't change. see it by looking down. Right, exactly. So make it make it like a really uh, big scale. It'd be like it could be like a scale slash DDR mat sort of thing. Yes, I would. Yeah, I there. I mean, there's some different ones that have like the wall mount, but I don't know where to put it. So, anyways, but this one's nice. It's small, out of the way, and like I said, it talks. So that works. So I step off the scale and I step back on, and it takes a second, and then it comes up and says 486. <laughs> like, oh god! So I step off, 
and step on again, and it comes up with 504. So I went with 504, but I'm a little paranoid now because it's like I'm not really sure how accurate the scale is actually measuring my weight. Now, it hasn't been as high as it was, which I would think indicates that I am losing weight, but now I'm not really sure how accurate the week-to-week -week is going to be. Um, maybe until I lose another 20 or 30 pounds and get it, you know, further away from the upper end. But I, I honestly, I typically will try to um, do a couple of ways because even though I don't weigh quite as much, I have the same issue with my scale. My scale's max is only, you know, 450. And, you know, right now I weighed in unofficially because I, I didn't weigh in today. Um, lots of crap going on. I'm 342, which is the net zero. But um, sometimes it'll it'll weigh you know a couple pounds more, a couple pounds less. If it's ever if it's ever really suspect, I I'll check it, and um, you know more often than not it'll it'll register the same weight. But um, sometimes no, it'll it'll be um it'll be different. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. It's 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 hard uh, <clears throat> to get an accurate uh, measurement. I mean, uh, it's a digital scale, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's digital. Those are a little, those are a little wonky anyway, because what happens is the scale has to find a weight, and then it has to be satisfied with the, um, with the actual uh, number. Then it stops, it sort of locks in on it, where an analog scale can, you know, fluctuate all day long, and you can actually mm -hmm. sort of get a real, real look. Where it's, it's, it's literally, it's literally digital. It's like capturing a moment in time, and you know, weights uh, measure force and force. There's a lot of physics involved, but uh, right, uh, it's digital scales are not, from my experience, is accurate. But um, but yeah, they're about all you can yeah, get these days, especially especially at this weight. I mean, it's just yeah, the truth. that's the issue. I mean, when you get up into you know 400 plus, you know, weight range, it, it is really hard to get to that point to be able to weigh yourself. Which I think, I mean, it's I think it's part of the pe part of that struggle for people that once you get so ob obese that you get to that point where it's really hard to keep track when you do want to lose weight. And it, it can be discouraging because it's really hard to measure those few pounds and, you know, one or two pounds a week. I mean, I could lose, you know, like I said, I could lose five pounds and it wouldn't necessarily net me a big difference because that's only like 1% of my total you know, body weight at this point. Yeah. Um, so, uh... What's going on in the news? I, I haven't had a chance to really look. Um, you did the show notes this week. Yeah, not too much. Um, there is one story I wanted to talk about for well, maybe for a couple of different reasons. Uh, this is a study that was done out in Belgium. Um, I, w I wasn't able to, and what I would like to do is kind of look and see how large the research pools were. Um, the highlights from the study is that they took two groups of uh, young men, I believe. I'm just pulling it up here. Uh, so they took two groups of young men. One group uh, had a uh, carbohydrate-packed breakfast. Um, they did this for six weeks. One, one had a large carbohydrate breakfast before they worked out, and one had the breakfast after they worked out. Um, the group that uh, had the meal before they... Um, worked out, gained three on average, I guess three pounds, and the were the group that ate after gained no weight. So, I, I 
I don't know. It's uh, now before they had always said, of course, you want to eat and, and you know you want to get carbs in before you work out. Um, on an evolutionary you know standpoint, I can see where that may not necessarily matter because if you think about it, you know when we work out, that's an analog to chasing down our dinner. Yeah, it really um, is. I I've never thought of it that way, but that is the truth, huh? So. You know, it, it doesn't necessarily not make internal sense that you may want to work out and then and then eat and then allow your body to recover. Um, but, of course, there's a couple of things in here that you, when you think skeptically or you're thinking about it, um, you know, just a few red flags or questions as far as what you might want to look at. Um, you know, and, of course, this is the abbreviated, so I don't have the full study in front of me. But, you know, saying two groups of young men, how old, this was done for six weeks, which isn't very long. They don't talk about the controls on the other parts of their diet, so we don't know what the variations were within other parts of uh, their diet. And then um, the interesting thing, I think, is that while the group that ate the breakfast before they worked out gained three pounds, the other group gained no pounds. So it's not like they they essentially netted nothing. It It was actually, it's not so much that it's, helpful as much as that seems to be detrimental from from the core you know from the part of the study but the other thing is is that I, I could have swore I saw some research from a few years ago that was saying that you didn't want to work out in the mornings that um, well, at least for some groups it wasn't healthy to actually work out early in the morning I've never heard that um, I, I know most people I mean it, it, it's not of course it isn't science but I, I know I, the people that I know that are the fittest t tend to get up early in the morning and work out but those people of course are also happen to tend to be the most dedicated and the people who are the most conditioned you know to to mm -hmm. follow a routine so uh, I mean it only makes sense that they would you know be more fit you know or unless they had like a you know a regimen of eating cupcakes. You know, I, I'm gonna eat, right. I'm gonna eat 45 cupcakes before bed every night, and I don't know many people who like it besides XV who force themselves to do things like that. Yeah, but I, you know, I mean, for me, it's inter it's an interesting introductory study, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say that based on based on what I've read as far as the description of this research, I wouldn't suggest that people change their current routines because we don't know how big this study was. We don't know how many people were in the study. We also know it was only young men, so there wasn't a diversity of people with different, um, you know, from different age groups, from different, you know, different sexes, different age groups. And we also don't know, like I said, there's a lot of questions as far as what were, what were the other parts of their diet, what was the other parts of their activity, what do different, you know, body types, you know, were they already obese, are they not obese? So we don't really have... There's not really enough information to make a good judgment as far as what you may or may not want to do as part of your own workout routine. But of course, this has been picked up by the media and it's, you know, it's starting to make the rounds now. This was posted as of yesterday. And of course, this is going to make the rounds of saying, yep, you want to make sure that you, you know, eat after you work out. That may not be the case. You know, I think, I think there's still, based on what I'm seeing, I'm not seeing anything to change the current thinking. Whether or not that's right or not, I don't know. But yeah, but there you go. That's that's how you want to think about things. I'm not. I don't want to tell anybody how to think. You know, but in the sense that the, that's a way that you want to think about it when you're reading research and things like that. That 
that's the kind of critical eye you want to kind of ask yourself about. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, ask yourself, doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah, that's true. Ask yourself, does it make sense? Does it, you know, does it cut the mustard? Um, it's. I mean, there's so much out there. It's 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 real. It's almost impossible to to not be swayed one way or the other by a piece of compelling news, and um, it happens to me all the time. And I mean, one reason I, I like doing this show is because it sort of keeps me. Um, it keeps an edge. It sort of keeps me honest. If something pops up, you know, my initial gut, my initial gut reaction is to form an opinion. But you know, I, I'm trying as you know as we go along to to develop. Um, you know, a skeptical, more skeptical perspective. While I may come, while while I may think of myself as um, someone who's sort of skeptical, that's because I have certain predispositions to uh, to ideas, and I'm really trying to develop that. Which you, which you, you know, you've been doing this much longer than I have. Um, you know, try to develop this, you know, nature where you're always questioning something. Yeah. Um, and that and that's how you get to the truth. Yeah. It's just little red flags. It's just things you know be aware of. Like I said, this could be, you know this could be true. I mean, there's there's nothing in there to say it's not. I just think that it's just like anything. A lot of things. The media is going to be prone to pick up stories that grab headlines. Yes. Before there's been enough research done to really warrant, you know, a big press release and getting that information out to the public. I think that this this looking at it based on the information that they've given. This research is way too preliminary for anyone to make any kind of uh, changes as far as what they should be doing with their current routine. If your current routine is working for you, you know, uh, if you feel like you need to eat before you work out, I mean, as long as you've consulted your physician and that's, you know, they agree that that's what you should do, I don't see any reason based on this study to change that. Yeah, so. your, your physician is probably not going to care, but it's, it's best yeah. to ask anyway. Yeah, you know. Just to be on the safe side. So, so, yeah. This week you wanted to talk about your um, your uh, surgery that you had. Yeah, well, we had talked a few weeks ago, and I had I had said that I probably ought to uh, mention it because I've I've kind of said it a few times, but I hadn't got to talk about it a lot. So, um, I don't I won't go too great into detail, but I I do figure the story is worth telling. Uh, when I We'll kind of go back, and I may have said some of this before, but um, when I was at my heaviest is when I was uh, in college. Uh, I somehow, basically like the first year or two that I was in college, uh, I didn't live on campus. I lived in a small apartment off campus that my grandmother owned. Um, my typical day consisted of going to classes all in one building and then working in AV where I didn't really do much but answer the phones. And I did that like 8 to 5, and then I came home and uh, spent the rest of my evening, you know, sitting at home uh, on ATT, uh, which is all the toys are Transformers for the old school uh, Transformers people. But um, that, that was pretty much it. And during that time, I ate a lot. Um, I ate an awful lot. It was not uncommon for me to, you know, eat whole large pizzas by myself. It was not uncommon for me to... Uh, you know, my common eating out meal was Wendy's, which was a uh, triple cheeseburger with the really big fries and then the biggie-sized Frosty. I used to I used to um, go to uh, Burger King um, before closing and order the double cheeseburger, which you know has the small piece of uh, hamburger, two 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 um, pieces, 
I would go before they closed because I know oftentimes they were out of that cut of hamburger and they would put Whopper patties on it at the same price and I would order two or three of those. So wow. I would get double so, Whopper cheeseburgers yeah. and I would eat three. I was um, but, uh, you know, breakfast, I was, you know, eating Fruit Loops out of a mixing bowl and stuff. So I was eating a lot. Yeah. I mean, there was no question as to why I was so big. And when I eventually had my uh, surgery or when I was, I had gone and, you know, I'd seen my doctor a few times about weight loss and, um, you know, it was basically like, here's the deal. Um, if you can't lose weight or can't get the weight off, uh, you're going to be lucky to make it to 30. Wow. Um, and of course, you know, I was 20 at the time. So, um, at that point, um, the, the more prominent surgery was the more invasive, uh, gastric bypass. Now, of course, most of what's done now is, is the lap band. Lap band. Um, so what I had was the, uh, Ruin X or the Ruin Y, which is basically what they do is they cut off a section of your, uh, the stomach, they staple it off and sort of, um, section it off. Um, so it basically turns your stomach into a very small pouch. Um, and then they run a separate line of intestine from that pouch and then reconnect it back into your lower intestine. So essentially you still have mostly of a functioning stomach, um, as far as the lower part of the stomach. Mm-hmm. But um, the the actual working part of your stomach is actually very very small, so the immediate effect would be that uh, you become full much faster, you feel satisfied much faster, and it just sort of, it, for lack of a better term, it really just sort of tricks your body into saying, oh, we're full, we've eaten, um, mm, we still need energy, so let's burn all this fat. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's essentially how it works. Now, it's not without complications. Um, you know, it, there, there are potential complications just from the surgery itself. Uh, there's the complications from after you've had the surgery, it becomes difficult to, um, you know, like it sort of messes with your vitamin absorption mm-hmm. because a lot of that's done in your stomach. So you have to be very cautious about uh, your vitamin intake, so that I was constantly having to take vitamins and vitamin supplements at the time. Um, but, I mean, it's an extremely invasive surgery. Um, you know, the, when I was... We're having an issue with uh, Skype. Sorry, can you repeat that, JD? It's an extremely invasive surgery. We Skype crashed on me for a second. Ah, Skype crashed. We will uh, be back in just one second. Skype is a wonderful tool. Okay. Hey, JD, you there? You there? I 
Amazing. I think this is recoverable. Sorry, we, we had a Skype crash. You uh, Can you get back to where you said uh, it's an invasive surgery? Oh, yeah, I think. Um, so, uh, pretty, so it's, I mean, kind of invasive surgery. I mean, essentially, like I said, they, they make an incision from just below your sternum to just below your belly button, pull you open. Um, they, uh, of course, do all the work on the stomach. They also took my gallbladder out at the time. Um, Did that have any, uh, I mean, was there a reason for that specifically? Um, mainly it was just because of the genetics. My mom and, and other family members had had issues, and typically with obesity you'll have, with like that level of obesity, it's not uncommon to have gallbladder issues. Gotcha, okay. So they just went ahead and took it out while uh, while they were in there rather than, you know, having the likely scenario of having to remove it in another two to three years. So, um so I came in, so my fir- my surgery was scheduled on December 14th of, uh, two th- of uh, 1999. So the schedule was I was supposed to be, you go in for the surgery, typically it's a uh, three to four to five recovery day process, and then um, would be sent home once I could eat, and then, you know, of course, just starting the eating and recovery process from there. Um but so I mean, as far as that surgery, like I said, it is extremely invasive. I mean, they are literally cutting your guts open and rearranging, you know, the way your uh, the way your stomach works and and the way your intestines and everything sort of uh, way the food comes through. So fairly invasive. Like I said, they had told me about the risk, but you know, I I was willing to say, well, you know, if I don't have it now, I'm going to die later. So I may as well have it now and then do the work to try to to get healthier. So go in December 14th, have the surgery, come out. Everything goes awesome, uh, real smooth. Um, I was pretty much in and out, awake. Um, my recovery process went really amazing. Uh, I uh, came out and, um, you know, within, you know, a few days, I was up and around. I was walking the hallways. So I, you know, really, I mean, as far as my recovery I think my age contributed a lot. I think my activity contributed a lot, but I was in my determination at the time. So, I mean, I was by the surgery was on um, uh, Tuesday, and by Thursday or, or Friday, it was looking like I might be able to go home. Um, and and I had done all the pre work and things, you know, all the sort of the prerequisites. I was on the way, and then like Friday, I started to get. I started to sort of not, and I had been eating at this point. I had already started eating some very small amounts, um, which I had started to do on Thursday. And it was after I started to eat that um, I started to not feel very well and um, sort of went the weekend, ended up with a fever uh, that I had a little bit over the weekend. So Monday morning they took me in to have, it wasn't exactly an upper GI, but it was something very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to drink this horrible chemical um, to do, and it wasn't barium because barium is toxic to like the insides of your body. Mm-hmm. So, but it was something kind of derivative. Um, it was absolutely the most horrible thing I've ever tasted in my life. Um, and I had to drink like a whole cup full of it in order for them to get pictures. So I drank it that morning for the test, and then they came back like later in the day and said, "Well, we need some better pictures." So I had to go back and um, drink that horrible. Uh, fluid again um, in order to give them more pictures um, in order to to get a good look 
So finally at like 8 o'clock that night, they came back and said, well, here's the deal. When we stapled you back up, it just happened sometimes that the staples actually cause uh, punctures uh, in the stomach. And what was happening is as I had started to eat, that the food was coming out into my body cavity. Oh, wow. And had formed an abscess. Um, so, you know, of course, to me, they're saying, yeah, you've got this thing and we're going to have to go back in and fix it up. And I said, okay, you know, what, you know, so when are they going to schedule that? And they're like, we're prepping the OR right now. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, okay, I was not quite ready for that. So Monday, which was less, less than a week or, you know, just that less than a week than I had had my first surgery, I was being rushed into the OR to be cut open yet again. Um, which was extremely dangerous because my body hadn't really recovered from the first surgery. Right. Um, and because once they got inside, they knew they were going to be up against an abscess. Um, of course, you know, they, to me, they're like very general. And then to my mother, you know, the doctor says, we're going to do everything we can to, uh, bring him out of surgery. You know, <laughs> so I'm like, I didn't know that till later, but I mean, basically they're, you know, telling my folks to, um, hope for the best and expect the worst because it was very likely that I could have died on the table. Wow. Um, when they actually did get me open, I had a five ounce abscess, which, um, if you have trouble imagining that, it's about a half a can of Coke. So if you think about that much infection, uh, in my body cavity, wow. if they wouldn't have been able to remove it before it burst, um, I would have died from the infection. So, uh, on the table. So, um, so anyway, then I spent like three months recovering because I couldn't eat again until the hole in my stomach healed. They tried to fix it when they had me in surgery and they weren't able to close it. So every week for like seven weeks, I had to drink that horrible fluid every Monday morning and then listen to the yet again disappointing news that I was not healed. So, thankfully, I had had a drainage tube out of the bottom part of my stomach, which wasn't connected but was still functioning, mm -hmm. and I was able to eat out of an eating tube for that period. So, I sort of got a jump start on the weight loss <laughs> because uh, I had to eat out of a feeding tube for a little about a month and a half. Um, it was challenging, and I think I learned a lot about myself through that process, about, you know, what I can stand, what I can tolerate, you know, what what's important and what's not. Um, it's an oddly focusing experience to go seven weeks without eating anything. I can't imagine. That's, that's and, just incomprehensible. Yeah. I mean, and nothing, no water. I didn't even drink anything. I could not eat anything. I could not drink anything. I took nothing by mouth. Wow. From, from the time I came out of the second surgery, which was, like I said, that December 20th, until I finally, my test came back clear, which was February 12th, I think. So maybe almost, almost two full months that I could not eat anything. And I think that's why now, like, I don't really have a problem with the sort of, um, what most people would consider to be a mundane diet. Yeah. Because I went so long without eating anything. I mean, two months, maybe not in the scheme of things, but I at least learned that, I could go without, you know. What happened? Um, obviously, I mean, you lost weight from the surgery. 
Well, it's not a miracle. And, um, you know, when you, you know, at the time I had a lot of focus and at the time I thought I was pretty determined and I don't know that I had really mentally prepared myself for what was going to come after. I think I, I think I had sort of fooled myself into thinking that it was going to be a miracle cure. And of course I lost a lot of weight. Um, I think I was pretty much at my lowest um, you can actually see some of the pictures like from my botcon collection on my Facebook page or um, that's when I met you um, yeah and so that's when we met that was probably when I was at my lowest weight um, but you know of course from there you can still go around it I mean of course your stomach your stomach is designed to expand and it will stretch back out so some of it is my stomach has stretched back out and I can eat more uh, some of it is what I was eating. I wasn't eating very healthy. I wasn't very active. So if you so you're eating like densely calorically packed foods. Yeah, if you eat a lot of you know. Now I can't eat. I mean, it's permanently changed some of my diet because things like ice cream, for some reason, my stomach can't really process it anymore. So ice cream almost makes me sick. If I eat something that's too sweet. Um, my stomach can't really process it anymore, and it makes me ill. Um, so, but, and I still have, like, problems with large chunks of meat. Like, I, if it's steak, it has to be a really, like, tender, almost, you know, kind of rare steak, because I can't, if it's, like, a really, like, if it's overdone or cooked, you know, too thick, then it, that's really hard on my stomach as well, because I don't have all of those same stomach muscles. So it, it you know it is possible to circumvent, and that's why I say it's not a miracle. And a lot of I, my understanding is there's a lot of people that are in my boat that had that really invasive surgery, lost weight for a while, and then lost focus, didn't really make the life changes that they needed to, and then have put a lot of the weight back on. Now, like I said, I haven't put all of it back on, but I've, I've put a lot back on. Yeah, I mean that's I I, I knew things were bad um, from the surgery. That, that it was life-threatening, but I didn't realize it was that bad. That's rough. It, it's about, I think for my thing, they said it was about a 1 in 100 chance that something like that would happen. Um, and, you know, a lot of times they don't necessarily catch it in time, and so that's where you can die. Um, you know, a lot of people that were older than me were having the surgery, so the mortality rate was a little bit higher from that. But, yeah. I mean, anytime you have a surgery like that, you can always, you know, it's always a risk. Yeah. So, uh, that sort of surgery isn't something that I'm currently uh, like lap band surgery, which is much safer. Um, I mean, technology's improved. I mean, they literally go in and put like a it's a saline donut basically around your stomach. Right. And right. Uh, they can they can it can expand and contract based on you know your your goals, and you can actually go in and adjust it. Um, it it's pretty cool. But I, you know, my goal is to lose weight. Um, you know naturally through, you know, diet and exercise. Uh, I've done it before. Um, and I, later on, I can go into uh, my story. It's, it's nowhere near as compelling, but uh, <laughs> it, may be more, it may be more illustrative because, you know, a lot of people lose weight and, um, you know, it's, a lot of people gain it, gain it back. And, yeah. you know, I, I've not gained everything back by any stretch, but um, it, it's something to share. So, uh, yeah, wow, that, that's really amazing, Judy. Uh, we're all thankful that you're here because you're awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, like I said, this week I really haven't lost any weight. 
Um, it's pretty even. I've been living in the hospital. That nah, that's a stretch. It's like two or three days, no big deal. Uh, just busy with work, and I haven't had a chance to exercise. One one thing that's k- sort of kept me down is, um, you know, remember I said I had Eye of the Tiger and you know <laughs> all that stuff. Well, I've been it's been really hard to get me motivated. I, I can cut back on what I eat pretty well, uh, but sometimes it's really hard to get me started in working out. Kim has been so great, uh, my wife, about um, dieting um, and exercising, and she's really been pushing me. But um, it's not something that I've been that incredibly forthcoming. I'm really temperature. I'm not really temperature sensitive, but when it comes to working out, I don't like working out in the cold at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Kim had surgery. Uh, we'd planned to um, do P- P90X. We actually bought it. I had previously had actually um, downloaded the video, <laughs> but uh, I actually bought the kit. So I actually have the whole thing. As soon as Kim is up and ready, um, we're going to uh, do that. In the interim, I'm going to do the uh, Connect stuff. And, of course, I'll use the Connect supplement. I actually just want it to play. I mean, you know, if just by chance, the diet, you know, the exercise is, is part of it. But uh, so we'll we'll see where uh, P90X goes. Uh, you kind of have to be pretty fit to uh, to do it. Um, while I'm not, like, you know, ripped or anything, I'm still relatively healthy. I'm fat, but my heart, I've got good blood pressure. My heart's strong. Um, you know, I can still jog and run if I want to, but um, we'll see where that's going. So it's uh, we've been going for quite a while, uh, and we're actually running into Fanboy versus Time, which is our comic book podcast. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I guess we can pretty much sign off. Uh, unless JD, do you have anything that you want to bring up or talk about before we go? Um, no, I mean, I I know I was really hardcore a couple of weeks ago on the stairs, and I've got to I've got to get back into that. I was sick for a couple of days and fell off, and so, but I, you know, and that's a good point too. I mean, a lot of people really get down on themselves when you know you start something and then you stop doing it, and then typically you get to that point where it's like, oh, I screwed it up, I can't do it anymore. Well, no, no. definitely not, definitely not, no. definitely not. You, you, can, you cannot, you, you cannot look at back. it that way. Yes. Yeah, you just start it back up. So you know, I'm going to start the stairs thing back up. But uh, but no, I think in general though I am trying to be more conscious about being more active, getting up at work, um, you know, just trying to at least get up and get moving around, doing more things around the house, um, just to try to be active, going out more, getting out of the house more, and just being more active, and then not trying to fill that with um, calories yeah. while I do that. But um, but anyway, but yeah, and I've got to do more vlogging. I'm so bad. Yeah, I, I need to. I need to do more of that. I need. So. I need to get back into uh, where I document the food that I eat. It's just, you know, it's. I suck. I'm not going to make excuses where I suck, and uh, I will. I will do better. Um, because I. I want to get there. I want to. I want to lose a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Hundred pounds. That's my goal. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So I guess that's it for uh, this week. It's been get the skinny episode four. Uh, we will be back next week. Promise promise we'll get the skinny episode five and uh i may go into uh, my my story again not as compelling as jd's but uh, yeah. to me it was pretty pretty impactful all the same so uh jd you're awesome Brian? yes we will see you next week and uh, thank you for listening or watching get the skinny find us at get the skinny dot o r g this has been get the skinny with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.D. Church. Copyright 2010, Radio Free Cybertron. Get the skinny.